Dialogue. I am Violet Howe. And I am Todra Kendall. And this week, we are talking about parenting adult children, which is something that you've been doing for a little while because your oldest um, has been an adult for a few years now. Well, she's going to be 30 in February. <laughs> so, yeah, she's, 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 and, and she's, yeah, she's been an adult for quite a long time. So, and, you're yo- and your youngest just like reached 18. like 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, my two are, are both 20, so we're both in that realm. Mm-hmm. And with your oldest about to have your first grandchild, you're you're moving into um, kind of another phase yeah. of parenting parents. That's true. So um, I think with the holidays coming up, it's especially timely to discuss this because for a lot of us with adult children, they're off somewhere else. You know, mine are at school or sometimes for some people, their adult children live in other states or they're mm-hmm. away. But for the holidays... That's typically um, a time when when people come home or when adult children come home, they bring their families, they bring their spouses or girlfriends or sometimes come home on their own. And you kind of have everybody under the same roof again. And it's much different than when everyone was under the same roof when they were kids. Well, that's that's very true. And I think a lot of what we run into, too, is expectations, you know, because I remember I remember being an adult child, which sounds like a contradiction in terms, but when, when, you know, both of my parents are, are, are deceased. So I have not been, uh, I have not been a, I've been an orphan for 11 years. Um, so I haven't had to deal with this. And, but I, I can remember the, you know, the uh, first couple times that we came home as a married couple. Um, I was 20 and then 21 maybe. And, and just the, you know, the stresses of, well, you know, I lived, I lived with my husband and we had our own lives and, and my parents, um, you know, they, they were adjusting to that and what their expectations were of us, what my in-laws expectations were of us, what our expectations were, they didn't always line up. You right, know? <laughs> right. Was, yeah. So, and I think that if you're coming home as an adult child, you also probably have some some external pressures, um, even from extended family, uh, you know, well, are you going to be at this event? Are you going to, you know, participate here? And you can feel a little bit, their tensions can rise. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, when I go home to Mississippi, which does not happen very often, but when I do go, there's always the pressure of, I, I think everyone has an expectation that you'll come see them and you'll mm-hmm. come sit in their house and spend time and, and, you know, catch up and, and do all these things that if you lived there all the time would be very easy to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it can be a lot of pressure and a lot of guilt of, you know, how much time are you spending here? How much time are you spending there? Um, with, you know, different sides of the family, how long are you with this side of the family versus that side of the family? And so I think Definitely. it can be, um, you know, can definitely be a lot of pressure. And then if you throw into that, you know, if you are married and and that family lives somewhere else, then there's a whole nother set of pressure for the holidays of like, who do you spend the holidays with? And, you know, do you spend it with the bride's parents? Do you spend it with the groom's parents? Do you spend it at home making your own traditions with your own kids? Like it's, it's, it's a lot. It really is. It is. And um, if you have multiple children, as I said, uh, we have four and and one son-in-law. So we always, we usually say we have five. Um, but you have the, you know, th- four of the five live here near us, two in the house, one 
30 minutes down the road. And then our daughter Kate is in school in Maine. So she will be coming in on Friday night. And I know that it's always an adjustment for her. There, there's, those are pressures. You know, she comes home not only as an adult, but she, a child, but she comes home as an adult sibling. And um, the siblings who are here are already saying, well, you know, when Kate comes home, we want to do this for Christmas. We want to, you know, they've already been making plans. And I, while I think there's one part of her that's very excited about that, she also is, knows herself well enough to say, I don't want to come home and, you know, jump into a whirlwind of right, activity. Right. So yeah, it's not easy. And it's I think it's kind of hard, like, with okay, you know, Kate lives away, so mm-hmm. she's not part of their, like, day-to-day plans now. She kind of has her own schedule and exactly. does her own thing. And I know that's hard. Um, like, you know, one of my sons is in school in Orlando, which is obviously very close, but he still is very, you know, independent and lives there. And we try very much not to be all up in his business since he is local. Um, our other son is going to school in Boston. And is, you know, completely on his own and doing whatever he wants to do. And so I think when they come home and we all of a sudden have some types of demands on their schedule or some types of requests on their schedule, that that can cause some friction. I know with my son, like when he comes home, I don't give him a curfew. Like he doesn't have a time that he has to be home. He's, you know, he's 20 years old. He's an adult or whatever. But if if he's staying at the house, I kind of want to know what time he's coming in at night. Mm -hmm. Just for me personally you know, to be able to go to sleep and rest or whatever. I kind of want to know what time he's coming in. And he totally doesn't get that. He's like, when I'm at my apartment, you have no idea what time I'm coming in. I'm like, yeah, but mentally you're at your apartment. I don't think about it. I can pretend you're in bed at nine o'clock and it's fine. (laughs) When when you're home, like I want to know what time I should expect you. And if not, then I'm picturing that, you know, you're in a ditch or you've had an accident or something's happened. Well, it's, it's a courtesy. And that's the thing that we've tried to impress on our kids is that as they get older, they don't owe us the same things that they did as, as, um, as younger children because of obedience. But now it's courtesy. Now it's, right. you know, let us know when you're doing this. Let us know. I mean, you know, my 18-year-old, my we've never given our kids curfew. We, we, right. We've just never had to. Right. Um, uh, but David's to the point now where I'll, you know, he he will he texted me last night and said, you know, well, I'm going to go. He said, is it okay if I do thus and such after work? And I said, yeah, but you know, don't forget you have school tomorrow. Whatever. I mean, and I was doing the thing that you know that that I do. And and again, it's not this is how you have to do things, but it's a reminder that there are consequences. That if you if you stay out until one o'clock and have to get up and go to school, you're probably going to end up getting sick. You're, I know my kids. I know that if they don't have enough sleep, right. but right. that's his consequence. And I'm not saying I'm going to punish him. I'm just saying be aware of this. And you know. Well, I think too, it's a courtesy of if if I went, say that I came and spent the night at your house. Mm-hmm. I would let you know what time I was coming in and I would kind of be cognizant of the fact that, you know, we have three dogs. You don't come into our house (laughs) quietly in the middle of the night. You know, if anybody comes in, as soon as they hear the door open, as soon as they hear the alarm, like whatever, you know, they go nuts. And especially if they know it's one of the boys, then they're so excited that one of the boys is home. And so I, I think it's a courtesy too of like, I'm not telling you that you have to be home at a certain time, but I kind of want to know if I'm getting woken up around one or if I should expect that the dogs are going to go nuts, you know? Um, so I, I, I think that's kind of, that's kind of a shift in thinking for both because Mm -hmm. it's, it's not that I'm telling you what you can and can't do. It's that I'm asking you to be courteous of the fact that 
you're not here all the time, right. you know? And so exactly. now you are here. It's a different schedule for both of us. Mm-hmm. And just let me know what's going on. Exactly. And, and that's, that's been probably one of the, um, the more difficult things to navigate even on it, because I do have two adult children living at home. And we know that that is a situation that is more and more prevalent in the world yes. these days. Um, but, you know, I, and so I will end up saying, are you going to be home for dinner? And, you know, I, I really, please let me know if you're not, because my kids who are at home have very different eating um, needs, very, you know, or, or, or preferences, not needs so much as preferences. Right. So if it's just Clint and me, you know, we're very happy. The other night he said, you know, what what do we have? And, and I, I don't know what we had. And then he said, let's just have crackers and cheese and, and you know, just, like kickback. I, I think we might have had some soup. I think we did. I think we had leftover chicken, homemade chicken noodle soup. And he said, let's just have crackers and cheese and soup. And for for us, that was perfectly great. And I remember right. my mom and dad being that way too, that it was, and that's a freedom that, you know, we had our kids young. And so that's, we're, we're reaping one of the benefits now is that we're still relatively young and, and have uh, the freedom, you know, have freedom uh, as well. But we are, you know, for us, we're so boring, but we love it that, you know, having, having crackers and cheese and a beer for me and sitting in front of a TV is like the height of, you know, <laughs> with nobody else at home. <laughs> well, and even if, even if I'm cooking, even if I'm not, you know, even if I'm not doing crackers and cheese, sometimes we'll do cereal. That's, you know, that's kind of our equivalent of that. But, but even if I'm cooking, I typically will half the recipe yes. so that it's just for the two of us. Right. Well, if you're coming home for dinner, I kind of need to know that. So yes. I make sure there's enough food for you. Exactly. And I think those are things that a lot of times until you've run a household, that's not something that you're really thinking about. Exactly. Parents just always have food for you. Yeah. <laughs> think about the fact that you have to let them know ahead of time. So, um, Very true. you know, I definitely think dealing with dealing with their schedules, respecting their schedules, respecting their time. Um, you know, we, we are a household of two divorces. And so in any kind of schedule with the kids growing up, it's always been not only what our schedule was, but what Logan's father's household schedule was and what Valentine's mother's household schedule was. And now, um, especially at the holidays, we're not only dealing with the other families' holiday schedule, but now the kids' schedules themselves because obviously Mm. when they come home they want to see friends they want to you know do things that that they haven't been able to do while they were away at school and so I think it's it's respecting schedules is one of the big challenges like them respecting our schedule that I need to know what time you're going to be here I need to know if I need to plan for you for dinner and I need to be able to make plans for what we're all doing together Mm -hmm. Um, but also respecting that you know, it's their time. It's, exactly. It's, you know, it's it is their time and their schedule and and what they need to do or what they'd like to do. So, and and I think that uh, I think that that definitely hits on on a couple of of key points. And and it reminds me too. Uh, with a lot of this, I'm thinking about how I felt when we would we lived at right. We lived away. We lived in Hawaii for five years, and then we lived in Wisconsin for two and a half years. Uh, before we came home and lived in the same, you know, general geographical area as my parents and and as my husband's family. So I had a lot of experience with what it was like to come home as an adult child from a long distance, not being part of a day-to-day life. And I know that a lot of what happened to me during those times influences how I try to react now as the parent. And my husband and I have been very um, intentional and cognizant of saying we don't want to be 
the one who's going to, you know, sulk or make life difficult because they have made a choice that is was not the one we would have made for them. Right. Um, you know. Well, and I completely identify with that because when I was growing up, um, the holidays were unfortunately very difficult with my parents um, as far as, you know, whose house I was going to be at and where I was going to be and where I was going to wake up Christmas morning and mm -hmm. how much time I was going to be there. And that was always... Um, a push-pull, and that was something that was a lot of anxiety for me as a kid and a lot of stress for me as a kid. And so um, I'm, I'm very cognizant of, uh, cognizant of that and have tried very hard not to do that, you know, with my own son. I feel like we've, I've had a great relationship with his dad and stepmom, and we have worked together um, very well, I think, over the years. But even within that, they have much smaller kids. Mm -hmm. And so on the mornings that Logan wakes up at my house on Christmas morning, they usually will start calling and texting around 10 o'clock once he got to the point of driving himself of like, hey, when are you heading over? Hey, when are you coming over? Hey, when are you coming over? I understand and I respect that they have smaller children and they're waiting for a member of their family to arrive so that they can have Christmas in, in, mm -hmm. in true, you know, in, in the, whole, the whole family. But at the same time, it's also hard because like, well, that's, that's my kid. And that's Christmas morning, you know, yeah. the day that I have him, I want to spend more time with him. And I try to be very cognizant of not putting him in the middle of that, but that's hard sometimes. And so I think, you know, if you, if you have children who are involved in, in divorce, it's really hard to balance. This is what I want for my family. This is what I want my family to be able to experience and respecting that the other family wants that child with them just as much, you know, that mm -hmm. both, both families want the same thing. Both families want to be able to celebrate their Christmas with, with all their children and their entire family. And so it, it's a, it's kind of like a, a tug of war with trying to respect both household schedules and not have the kid be what's being pulled back and forth in the middle. Especially once they get to be adults, you know, when they're younger, that's something that is kind of battled out between the divorced parents and now that he's an adult I try to be cognizant of the fact that it's him you mm -hmm. know that I'm that I'm saying like okay I want you to be here at this time dad's saying I want you to be here at this time you know so um, I, I think that's something that's that's hard too right and and I we haven't had that situation specifically in our family but we've had the the in-law struggle which can be similar right um, right you know when when we went when we used to go back to New Jersey, um, it was the the toughness was that on my husband's side of the family, his sister is a little bit older, and her kids were about the same age as, as my kids. My sister was considerably younger and was, you know, only sixteen, seventeen, eighteen the first few years we went back. You know, and clearly, you know, was not married, did not have children until. Um, her her oldest child is just a little bit younger than my youngest child, so there wasn't you know, so there was the pool of the the cousins you know on my husband's side of the family, and there was also when we lived in Hawaii, um, the fact that my parents came over to see us fairly frequently. You know they they could they would make the trip over there, and my in laws did not. So the only time they saw us was when we were in New Jersey, and and there was maybe some resentment on both sides that, you know, that my, my mother-in-law feeling like we should spend a lot of time over there. My, my mother feeling like, well, if you wanted to see them, you should go over and just see them, right. you know, and, and it was, it was not logical. They were, they both knew, 
um, that there were very good reasons. Uh, we always stayed with my mother and father. So I think my, my in-laws felt like, well, they had that time. Um, right, right. So it's, you know, it's, it is. And now uh, parenting uh, married children or a married child whose in-laws also live in the same area that has been a little bit of, um, you know, a tug. And we're starting to see th this. This is something that I think is going to become um, more of an issue this with the baby coming because, Definitely. you know, um, there's going to be and there have been there have been from the time that Devin and Greg have gotten married, we have been very cognizant of um, not putting them in the middle of saying you are always invited to any holiday, but there is no pressure if you need to go spend this holiday with you know, with uh, your, your other, the other side of the family, we understand, we understand there has to be a balance. Um, we've been very spoiled because the other side of the family doesn't really do anything for holidays. Um, they have a few traditions that they have been ironclad about that they have not, that they have not bent on. And I know that it's also a little bit, I, I understand Greg is an only child. And so I understand that on our side of the family, there's a little bit of the appeal of the siblings, Greg and Devin right. both want to come be with, with their siblings at that right. time. So, so I try not to, and we've tried to include as much as we can. Well, you know, you, you can, you're welcome to come and be part of, of what we're doing too. Um, but it's, it's going to be, it's always an adjustment because things are never static or rarely are they static. So we, um, and it's, and I think it, again, it, it comes down to, as so many things in life come down to respect, It does. you know, you have to have respect for the fact that the other grandparents are going to want to have their holiday traditions yes. and they're going to want to have their time with Devin and Greg and the baby. You have to respect that Devin and Greg are going to have their own holiday traditions, exactly. like things they're going to want to do for their family, you know, their yes. little family unit. Um, and then respect for the fact that your family is important too. So I, I think it's, it's, um, it's a hard thing to juggle and balance, but I think the, the key point in it is respect. It Just is. respecting that everyone has something that they want in this and something that's important to yes. them in this. And, um, and communicating that importance yes. oh, in, in a way, communicating that importance in a way that doesn't pressure the person, but lets the other person know, just so that you know, this is important to me. I need you to hear that this is important to me so that you can make a decision. You know, yes, um, you know, I, I, I would love to to see, to be with you on Christmas morning, but if Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve is the most important time for me, this, you know, I think right. that's important to right. communicate that. I, I think that's something that, um, Mary Jane Logan's stepmother has always done very well. Like if there was something going on, like, you know, if they were flying to, um, uh, New Hampshire to see her parents or, you know, if she had relatives in town or if I had relatives in town, then we would communicate and say, just so you know, you know, my mom and dad are going to be here for these dates or just so you know we would like to fly out these dates because then you can kind of work around it okay yes. well to me if you've got people in town and i don't then those are dates that you know i, I can be more flexible on so i think communication and respect is yes. is just is Absolutely. just huge yeah um let's talk about like the difference in like i i think one of the funnest parts of being a parent with christmas 
is gifts. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that I loved when they were little and I loved getting their gifts and, and the whole, you know, Christmas morning and seeing their faces. Like, you know, one year we got an Xbox and, and the rest of the day was spent, you know, playing with the Xbox together as a family or when they would get a Lego set they really wanted or something like that or like, you know, a skateboard or something that was that was a fun gift to give. And now as adults, they want like a shirt. <laughs> they want a jacket. They want a specific pair of shoes that cost a fortune. They want, you know what I mean? Like it's just not nearly as fun to give adult children gifts. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, the, my, the advent of my kids' adulthood has coincided with uh, some radical changes in our family. And um, when my mom and dad were alive, my mother made Christmas humongous. I mean, the kids still have memories of, I, we would have to take two cars to go to my mom's house because right. when we would go home, there would be that many gifts or we would have to, and we would, we would usually go to three or four places. We'd go to my mom and dad's, we'd go to my grandparents and we'd go to my, my aunts. And so the, the kids have those memories, at least the older ones do, maybe not so much David, uh, Katie to a certain extent, but they remember those days of walking into Mimi and Bob's house and just I mean, just gifts for days. I mean, yeah. but it was, it was, it was like Santa had right. come and the, oh. the whole North Pole yes. had been brought. And yeah, that was after exactly. they'd already opened gifts at our house. Right. Um, and, and um, you know, even when we first moved down here, I was compensating. I mean, and I knew I was compensating, but my kids no longer had grandparents at that point. My mother-in-law uh, passed away in, in 94, and then my parents in, in 2006 and 2007. And so the, the Christmas of 2007, I was compensating tremendously because they no longer had an extended family. Um, they no longer had anybody who was going, they no longer had all those traditions that had meant so much to them. So I was right. going to make dang sure that they had gifts and they did. And, and at that point they were, uh, 18 to seven. So that was, that was still, you know, Hey, that was, that was still good. You know, was, they, they wanted stuff that it was very easy to get, but the older they've gotten, my kids really tend to be minimalist. They do not having grown up with, I think a larger family and, and having gone through, um, uh, deaths where they've had to clear out houses <laughs> and see right, that right. they tend to be like, mm, no thanks, I'm good. Um, really, at this point, getting them to ask for anything is like pulling teeth. And um, we have really veered a lot more into um, sharing experiences uh, more than anything else. Um, my kids do something called Pollyanna, which would be familiar to people who um, who are from the Northeast. I've, I found that most people in the South have no idea what it is, but basically uh, in November they choose names and that is the, that way they, they're not all buying for all their siblings. So they each have to just buy for one sibling. Yeah, um, we do that at my grandmother's. Yeah, and it, it just, it, it makes it nice and it they love it because it's it's really, I think, their favorite part of the gift giving because they enjoy um, finding something for this sibling. They, they get laughs over whether they figure it out. You know, David's always trying to figure it out. Um, and it really is. It's not even the receiving, it's the giving because they get so excited about that. Um, and, and that's been, you know, that's been, that's been fun to do. Uh, the, the biggest adjustment probably that we've had is that as we have not been able to give gifts the way that we did and as they have asked for less and especially this year is, is complicated by the fact that Devin is 
nine months pregnant and doesn't right. really want to, you know, she's like, I don't want anything I'm going to have to put away. Um, right. And, and I had a couple of years where I was just miserable because I looked under the Christmas tree and there were very few gifts and my kids have impressed upon me and I believe them that they would rather have me happy than they would have gifts under the tree. Right. And that's right. really important this year because this year we don't even have a tree. So <laughs> I don't know what's going to be this year, but, um, but I believe them. And I, am, I believe that they really would rather have us have time and experiences than they would, you know, stuff. Well, I came up with, well, I didn't come up with, I saw it somewhere, read it somewhere, found it on the internet, but um, I've been using it for the last couple of years. Um, it was a thing where I send the boys or, or print it out and give them to them. And it asks, what is something you want, something you need, something to wear, something, something to, to read. read. Yeah. And then I added to it someplace you'd like to give because I like to instill in them that we need to be giving to places and someplace you'd like to go because then that helps me plan family trips for the year ahead mm -hmm. um last year <clears throat> when i sent i sent an email form since they were out of town um you know and so it wasn't something i printed and handed it to them and so i just said you know something you want something you read well one of them replied back with several suggestions under each one which makes it easy mm. to kind of be able to shop and pick and choose um, within the budget and one of them sent back one item <sighs> under each one and I didn't realize until afterwards he thought that was what I was asking for was that you know pick one thing that you want pick one thing that you need well then it was really hard because one of the things I was having a hard time getting and his list only had four items uh -huh. <laughs> so it was like what am I doing so this time thinking that I was making it so much easier on them when I emailed I, I had five slots under each thing like something you want something you want you know like five things something you want. but I didn't say you don't have to fill in all five and like no one replied back to me this list had been out for a couple of weeks and no one replied back to me and I'd send it to my husband as well and I said to him I'm like did you get my Christmas list he's like yeah I just I haven't had time to even look at that I'm like okay because I just was wondering if the boys got it because nobody's responded so at Thanksgiving when they come home I said, did you guys get my Christmas list request? Because no one's responded. And Logan's like, oh my God, it's like a full on assignment. He goes, I have so much going on at school that I don't have time to sit down and like write a dissertation for you on Christmas. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I have to come up with five things under each category. And I'm like, well, no, you don't have to come up with five. So in my trying to make it easier for them and for me, um, evidently I created this huge assignment. And so... Um, like a week later, I open my email and I have from my son, please send your Christmas list, something you want, something you need. And, it, you know, it had the five things. And like, that's really hard to do. It's really hard to come up with that and fill that in. So I have more sympathy for them now. I thought I was making it easier, but um, obviously I wasn't. So I don't know. I've tried to, um, and in our, in our family, I will say too, that because we, we really strive, we have a passion for sustainability, a lot of gifts are purchased secondhand. My kids are huge thrifters, so and and they are very creative, and um, you know, so that has become a big thing over the years. Um, that that they will, you know, do a lot of shopping at thrift stores, and and I'm glad that that they have that. I I, I would really, it would be a lot harder if we had some of the the kids who were 
I will only wear new, I will, which that, that's my husband. My husband is totally that way. He would, he, you know, he, he says it skeeves him. He's okay with the rest of us, but he <laughs> right? says, he says, he's like, oh, no, I don't want, you know, I don't want that. I don't want to think about that. Um, but uh, he's, he's slowly coming around to our way of thinking. However, um, if, if I had somebody like him and then the rest of the kids were, were like, well, you know, um, creative and, and thrifting and whatever, it would be a lot harder. Um, and it's, it's hard too, because my kids can now afford to, to do things for me. You know, like last year, my son, and I still get very emotional about this. My son had remembered that I had talked about a friend. I'd stayed with a friend at Nink and I said, Oh, she had an, uh, an Apple watch. It was really cool. I didn't even think about it, but with his first paycheck, he bought me for Christmas an Apple Watch and he could not wait to give it to me. He was so excited. It was like, it was the high point of Christmas for him. And it was for me too, because it, it made me feel like I was a priority to him, Right. you know, and that was well, huge. And I think like when you talk about the, that it was the highlight of Christmas, I love finding gifts and seeing people's reaction yes. to the gifts and getting yeah. something they really want. And I think that's one of the things that's been hardest for me about the, about them being adults is like, you know, um, Logan, for instance, is very specific. Like he, whatever hobby he's into, like last year it was hiking and he wanted like this straw that you could, you know, put it in a mud puddle and suck up water that's supposedly clean. And he yeah. wanted this like tank that you carry on your back that, you know, can carry water. And he wanted like this thing, this band that you put around your ribs that constrict your lungs to teach you to breathe at higher elevations. And, <laughs> Those so he wanted torture I, devices, huh? right? Okay, and that's not anything gotcha. I would have gone and picked out for him. No, you know? really, I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's really funny because, like, he he's very Logan is very practical, very like black and white, very like I don't want you to buy me something that you think is going to be a great surprise for me, and then you could have spent the money you were gonna, you know, because they right. know we have a, a budget yeah. for what we spent on Christmas. He's like, you could have spent that money on something I really wanted, yes. and instead you spend it on something I may not want that you thought I wanted, which is not nearly as much fun. <laughs> but you know, I, I I get that, I understand that. And then Valentine has a more much more expensive taste, and so Valentine might pick one shirt. That's like half the budget, right. you know, and that's what he really wants. But to me, then I'm like, oh my gosh, then that's, you know, then that's less that you're getting or less you can open. So I, I find the, a little yeah. battle with myself, with adult children of like, okay, do I get them what they want to have that they're really going to appreciate? Or, you know, do I kind of go rogue a little bit and get them something that I think they'd like? And, and I, it's really funny because for me personally, I like both, yeah. you know, I, I, I would, I would much rather have something that I actually want and that I actually, you know, will use and wear rather than somebody just picking some random thing. But I also love when somebody gives me something because they saw that and thought of me or mm -hmm. they had some reason that they thought I would connect to it and that it's something that came from their heart that they wanted me to have. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's hard. It is. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's very gift giving we're probably veering into uh, to our christmas topic but not too much because it is adult adult children um well i'll bring it back to adult children we, you touched on adult children living at home yes and um i just wanted to like while we're talking parenting adult children i, I wanted to kind of bring up um i was reading an article and the the pew research group found that we now have 
adult children living with parents or grandparents in the highest numbers that our country has had since 1940 Mm -hmm. during the the Great Depression. 33% of um, young adults ages 25 to 29 live with either parents or grandparents. And that's really... um, really ties into what we're talking about with the parenting adult children because when they when they go off and then come back um and and are living at home which i know you have Mm -hmm. too right now that are living at home that's a different relationship than when they were living at home during upbringing right now mine have not left and come back they have they have been there all the the whole time so that's you know that's slightly different but it, it it's definitely um you know it's uh, and they're in different places, um, you know, because the, the one is the second oldest and then the one is the youngest. So for the youngest, you know, he, he's just 18. He's starting college. Right. It's, you know, right. not that big of a deal. Kind of a natural progression. Right, exactly. For the second oldest, um, I know she struggles with boundaries to try to, uh, you know, maintain her own space and, and uh, you know, to, to make sure. And, and our house is small and, and that's not easy. And, uh, uh, you know, it is. It's It's probably one of the the uh the larger stressors in life is to figure out how to um you know treat that child as an adult and to recognize that that she is an adult and she has her own needs and she has her own her life and and what have you um uh, and I think you can't there. step back from giving any guidance at all. You don't stop being a parent. No. So it's not like you're never going to give guidance or you're never going to give insight, but at the same time you do have to step back to a great extent because at this point she's an adult and her decisions exactly. are her own, her exactly. viewpoints are her own, yeah. her opinions are her own. Yes. And so we can, can I think, still continue to offer insight and guidance, but we have to kind of allow them to make their mistakes. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And it's, you know, and it's, uh, I, for me personally, the biggest, um, the biggest stress I find with, with parenting adult children and having four five um is is the not getting involved in the interaction between the two of them and i and i really try to be intentional or between the two of them between the uh, five of them i really try to be intentional about that because my mother was not great about it um so you're talking about not getting involved in sibling in issues. sibling yes and sibling right. issues because you know there's there's still that tendency of of one child to come to you and say can you believe that sibling a said this or can you believe that sibling and and you know they they my children are very strongly opinionated and so they have strong opinions on the on the the things that their siblings are doing and um you know we've we've tried to teach respect and say well you know this person respects the choice that you have made and you have to do the same for them they are very different they they love each other they love spending time together my the greatest joy in my life is listening to all of my kids being together and laughing and talking and carrying on and, and whatever. That is the, to me, that's the greatest joy that I, that I have in my life is listening to that. And, and so I'm very happy about that, but I also know that they are extremely different people. And, right. and um, yeah. I think that's one of the, one of the um, hardest things for me. I don't know. Hardest is probably not the right word. But um, I think that, you know, when you're when you're raising your child and they are a small child, they are for a period of time, kind of like an extension of you. Mm -hmm. And then I do believe our job as parents is to make them 
uh, completely independent of us. You know what I mean? Yes. That, that as they grow, they become less of an extension of us and they, and they become their own person and become independent. And evidently I did that really well because my, <laughs> <laughs> my son is, is very independent. And, um, I think sometimes to the point that it's hard for me because he makes, um, decisions you know that I don't agree with or, or he kind of like agrees with things that I don't agree with or whatever it's hard to respect that those are his choices um, and not feel in some way them as a rejection yes. you know things yeah. things that that I would never do or things that I would never condone that he chooses to do um, to see that as like that's his choice and, and not take it as a reflection of anything I've taught him or if I, and, and he's even said to me, you know, we've had conversations about a couple of things and I'll just say like, one of the things is like, he, he, um, is vaping and I hate that. And I wish that he wasn't doing that. And like, to me, like, it's just like this, like, oh, how could you do this? You know? Um, and, and I, and I get, there's a whole lot worse things he could be doing, but, and that he may be doing, I don't know, but um, he and I had a conversation about this and, and he, you know, he said to me, you know, you're a person who takes less risk than I do. I'm, I'm much more comfortable with taking a risk than you are. And, and he said, you know, that, that it's something that I've brought him up to look at the consequences. I've brought him up to look at the risk. I've brought him up to kind of weigh what's going to happen. And he's like, I do that. I don't ignore the way you brought me up, but then I may make a decision that is not the same thing you would do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's true. And that's his right. Uh, but I do think that's one of the things that's hard about parenting adult children is that, you know, yeah. I, I look at like, you know, my religious beliefs have become kind of completely different than my parents. My political beliefs are, are completely different than my parents. And I know that, you know, looking at Logan, I know that that's, that's just something that's natural. You know, as we grow up, we form our own beliefs, we form our own views, we form our own habits, we make our own mistakes. Um, but I do think that's a hard part of parenting adult children is respecting their choice to be completely different from you. It is. Um, it is. And, and I know my kids have said, because I did not do that while my parents were alive. My parents um, were very much, uh, for me particularly, <coughs> excuse me, um, agreeing with them and, um, and doing things that they expected me to do the way that they expected me to do them was a condition of, of them loving me. So I was most definitely not going to, the biggest thing I did in my life was homeschool my kids. And that was, that was a, uh, you know, that was almost a deal breaker. Um, I remember us talking yes, about that, you know, yeah. because, you know, it was a school you had gone exactly. to and it was a, that yes. was a huge deal for yes. parents. Yes, there, so. there are two things that I did probably that, that my parents just, you know, that, that I, that and um, and I chose my husband. And I chose to be baptized um, about a year before my father died at the church that we were going to. And he, my father, was irate about that because I had been baptized as an infant, and he did not, you know, that was. And so those, so of the things that I could do, I look back and think, my goodness. I mean, I at that point, and I was baptized. Exactly, and at the point, I was <laughs> right. thirty-eight years old, and and thirty-three years old. You know, so it had been. It, it wasn't exactly that I, you know, left home and become a stripper, or or right. you know, right. um, you know, anything like that. So, 
it's only been in the last probably 11, 12 years that I have really changed a lot from who I was when my parents were alive. And my kids have seen that. And they, you know, I, and I often say to them, please don't wait until I'm dead to be yourself. <laughs> please, right. you know, please be yourself. And, right. and I do see that because I see that, um, you know, Devin and Greg are making very different choices than we did as far already. And the baby's not even here. They're, they're going to use cloth diapers, which, you know, um, that's something that's a, a, a kickback from my mother. My mother hated the idea of cloth diapers. I didn't nurse my first two children because my mother said it was wrong. And right. so, you know. Well, because, you know, things, things change. They do. Things ebb and flow. They and, do. And what they do. The tide of opinion Absolutely. And what's but, recommended and yeah, things like that. Yeah. So. But it's just been, um, you know, so I'm seeing that, that I am glad. You know, uh, uh, Katie does a lot of things that are different than what, you know, any of us have done. But she is bold in her choices. And, and I think, I think that's the, 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 really the biggest thing that we need to do for our children is give them wings, but always have a nest for them to come back to and know that, that it's a safe place and that they can be themselves. They don't have to go back to being who they were years ago. They can be who they are now. And, and we will respect that. And, and that you just brought it back to, I, I think, what is the key to the whole thing? And, and we keep coming back to that as respect. Yes. You know, respecting, right. respecting their choices, respecting um, their independence and, and, and respecting them as people rather than just our children, exactly. you know, who are, who are um, supposed to obey us. Like, you know, seeing them as people, respecting their yep. adulthood. Absolutely. So well, we would love to hear what you guys think about this. If you're in a situation where you are parenting adult children, or if you're in a situation where you're an adult and you're, you're adult, your parents are still trying to parent <laughs> you, because um, I know there's, there, you know, there's two sides of that coin. So we would love to hear your thoughts. Please feel free to email us at anopendialogue1 at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We both have websites, todrickhandle.com or violethow.com. And we would love to hear from you. Yes, definitely. Tune in. Tune in and, yes. and chime in. Exactly. Thank you for joining us yes. and have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.